Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyver, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. I'm having a great week. Uh, how's, how's, uh, how was your week this week? It was very good indeed. Yes, uh, although Father's Day is a distant memory, but it was nice to get spoiled. Yeah, I believe uh, it was also Productivity Day. It certainly was. Um, so you weren't productivity wise productive at all. You just sat and chilled out, did you? I did. Uh, you know, I love to get on the bike early in the morning, but I left old lightning in the bike rack um, and I stayed in bed and I was treated to a lot of spoiling by the kids and my wife. So wow. Uh, Happy days. So you'd actually have a name for your bike? I do. Yes. Some men name their cars. I name my bike. <gasps> okay. Oh, lightning. <laughs> <laughs> so, even though it doesn't go like lightning, you know, but but yeah, it's, it's all lightning to me. You, you must know? have it a, a good long while, have you, that bike? Any chance of a new new one on the, on the horizon or is that just like, yes. oh no, 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 there no. is a new bike because I'm slowly but surely approaching uh, 50 years. So uh, my wife has said that uh, she'll get me a new bike. <gasps> what, what, what do you do with about old lightning then? Is old lightning then on the on the road to retirement? Or I might it... be about to be retired fairly early. Oh, yeah. OK, OK. Yeah. Anyway, talking about productivity, um, I find that out by using a certain website. And I thought I'd share that with everyone today. It's uh, daysoftheyear.com. So you can go and find out what's happening out there ahead of time. So especially if you're like got something coming up and you want to mm-hmm. piggyback off, say, for example, worlds like Cappuccino Day or there's a day coming up that you might actually like. And it's Hammock Day. And that's on the 22nd of July. So you can make a nice hashtag out of that and sit back and relax. Are you saying I'm lazy? <laughs> Have you been talking to my wife, Eber? <laughs> Neve does not tell me anything. <laughs> um, yeah, so you could actually kick back, relax, and it'd be like a little holiday. And sure, your house is like a little hotel, isn't it? It really is because I'm the maitre d', the cook, the bottle washer and the cleaner uh, all in one. So yes, it is like a hotel and I treat my family like well-paying guests. I take it they have no money in their wallet. Then. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's all free gratis. <laughs> I'm booking in. I'm actually going to book in now. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, like I did have a dream that I I, I did own a hotel Mm. and um, I had an employee at the hotel who would iron the bed sheets. Mm. And I noticed that as the days wore on, the number of sheets ironed was going down. Really? And it struck me that her job performance was decreasing. No, it's... (laughs) It's just was yes. that was that was that the joke? Was it? I was trying to kind of do a subtle lead in there with our <laughs> digital giggle, but uh, it's obviously totally been undeciphered. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm lost. I'm like I, I haven't a clue about laundry or anything else. So yeah, yeah, that went way over my head. Uh, you know, yeah, sorry about that. Oops. I'd say our guests got that particular. Uh, really? Pun. Yeah, I think I'm going to go off and sit in my hammock, you know. I, and I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I think, think so. I'll, I think I'll decrease my forehead with all of the frowning with that one. Well, there's no chance of you decreasing the bad jokes, is there? But anyway, nope. uh, if you find today's joke anyway engaging and would love more of them, there's a 
bit of a silence there I, I, I'm taking in here. Do I hear crickets? I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are in luck. You can catch uh, their previous digital giggle social media hotel related jokes and indeed our other shows by hopping on to the Let's Get Social podcasts on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify and the Dublin South FM website. So do go check them out. And as I always say, speed through the first three minutes and then you'll be grand. Listen, people love this. I have my own fan base. It might only be one and it's me. But hey, it's good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I know you've one or two. You've one or two. I one or two. You know? Yeah. Well, listen, we do have to get down to the professional side of the show. And we are delighted today to be joined by Elena Fitzgerald Kane, who is the president of the Irish Hotels Federation. She is the 38th president of the Federation, succeeding Michael Lennon. And there's also the sales director at the Fitzgerald's Woodlands House Hotel and Spa, a family-owned four-star hotel at Adair, County Limerick. And that's at all. Alina is a graduate of the Shannon School of Hotel Management. I know a good few that actually went there. It's a, a brilliant, brilliant school for anyone that wants to delve into the hotel industry. Uh, UCG and UCD Smurfit Business School has been an active member of the IHF for many years. She served as a member of the Federation's National Executive Council. Prior to her election, she was the vice president of the IHF and she also held the position of chair of the Shannon branch of the Federation. So without further ado, Alina, welcome to Let's Get Social. And uh, I would like to ask you, what did you think of our, and please, please, you know, you know, you have to big him up here. He does try uh, our digital and social media comedian. I would be afraid that I would get caught in the middle of a domestic. I just couldn't, um, you know, hang myself out to dry. It's enough to manage them in my own house. So I'm going to leave you right at it. But thumbs up for positivity and for humour. That's for sure. Well, they say, I always say God loves a Twyford. (laughs) Yes, well, he certainly does. Yes, you know, that's why he put me here, you know, so... (laughs) It's very trying, isn't it? <laughs> it is very trying. Very trying. So, Alina, can you tell us and our listeners what is the role of the Irish Hotels Federation? Sure. So the role of the Irish Hotels Federation in the main is to be, we are the representative organisation for hotels and guest houses um, across the 26 counties of Ireland. So we have about 800 member hotels, but obviously there's all the teams, you know, that that work there. And then there's the whole ecosystem. It's the sense of suppliers and, and you know, the communities um, and that. So, yeah, it comes, uh, you know, the title um, in terms of being the president comes with a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose our presence is, you know, it's our it's regional. Uh, it's all stars of hotels, all types of facilities, you know, all types of, of, of guests. Um, and ultimately, we have 70,000 people who work in hotel and guest house teams across the country. Mm-hmm. And that's part then of the broader tourism ecosystem where you've 270,000 people um, and, and that. So, yeah, so it was interesting, I suppose, in terms of, of uh, my own uh, role on our very first day was our first day of COVID. So it's been quite the roller coaster. Wow. Um, so there was no honeymoon period. Period or there was no sense of settling in, um, but you know, huge responsibility, huge challenges. And to be fair to our hotel and guest house communities, um, I, I think they've they've done remarkably well in terms of resilience and adapting. I think maybe a little bit we were caught in headlights as you know last mm-hmm. year. 
Um, but there's a real sense that the time has been used very, very well and building for the future. And I really feel now that as we reopen, um, it's a much better experience for, you know, guests and indeed for the teams there as well. And I suppose just to go back to the IHF, um, as I said, look, we, we in the main represent 800 members. We also have associate members. So these would be, you know, businesses um, with kind of commercial products suitable uh, for hotels and that um, a huge amount of role in terms of lobbying, you know, liaising with government, uh, particularly over the last while, it's been really, really intense. And, you know, government have been fantastic to go the distance with us, liaising with, you know, other hospitality and tourism entities, liaising with the wider business community. Um, and then something else that we have then is we have our Go Anywhere gift card, um, which kind of basically is a gift card system for hotels and guest house experiences across the country. So we launched that right in the middle of a pandemic um, yeah. and that's absolutely fine I think look people love that sense of having something to look forward to oh yeah, to yeah. so yeah. that's kind of I suppose the broad nuts and bolts of, of who the IHF are and what we do it's, it's, a, it's actually yeah. a really supportive um, you know uh, concept for hoteliers uh, as you say uh, and anyone that's in the accommodation business in, in Ireland because you know if you are you know a, a single entity as a hotel not a, say a chain it could probably be very challenging, you know, and, mm. you know, you're thinking, oh, I have competitors out there and what do I do next? And, you know, especially yeah. with what's happened. So I'd say you were, you know, such a support and such a relief for a lot of businesses. Yeah, then. it's hugely important, particularly in the times, you know, we're in or, you know, that we've come through. It's that sense of community. And actually, interestingly, I met somebody recently, a Dublin branch member, they were a new member and they joined because they just didn't want to feel like they mm. were alone. So our job is basically to provide expert advice to provide mm -hmm. access to services, to help with training, you know, to help with marketing. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a huge amount. We're, we're the information source, you know, and to help mm -hmm. people. And it's everything from legal to green, you know, it's it just, it's all encompassing in terms of, of you know, all, all the elements of it. And it's mm -hmm. interesting, I suppose, the job we face now is a different job to, you know, pre-COVID um, and that. So, uh, you know, I, I've only nine months left in my own tenure. Um, and, you know, as, as I said at our recent AGM, I don't want to become known as the pandemic uh, president. You know, there's a legacy that <laughs> oh, I want no. to leave, you yeah. know, beyond that. Um, and a lot of that is centered around people mm -hmm. um, and, and developing the amazing diamonds and the amazing people we have in our industry. And it's kind of rebuilding Ireland and, you know, doing that in, in a sustainable way. So, you know, there's still very exciting times ahead. You know, we're right now at I suppose at a stage where we're just taking our first steps into recovery mm -hmm. um, and, and being reopened in a sense of trepidation um, and that. But there's there's plenty to look forward. And as I said, look, government have been fantastic and the Irish people have been fantastic in terms of supporting hotels at a community level. And mm -hmm. now as people take their holidays across the country at a national level too. So uh, yeah, it, it's been challenging. But look, if there was one positive to come from it, I, I am of the firm belief, you know, not just in our own hotel, but in hotels across the country, the time has been used well. There are definitely much better experiences there for our guests and our teams. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. Like I know mm. we, um, myself, my wife, we are finally getting to use a, a voucher we got a present of for the, mm. the Merrick Hotel up in Galway. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're heading up now in, in August and we can't wait to, you know, get back mm. into the uh, into the thick of it, you know, and to, yeah. to enjoy. Um, like, I suppose COVID, it really did hit the hotel sector, like a lot of, like nearly every industry in, in the country. And it is great to see the hotels, you know, welcoming guests back, uh, et cetera. Um, like with your, I suppose, with your vision and the plan um, with the Irish Hotels Federation, is there kind of 
is there initiatives that you're you're going to start to put in place now from the support and getting the economy going and I suppose helping hotels fully, I suppose, help themselves to now get the guests back in? Yeah. So to be fair to government, that's the one thing I will say is, you know, it's often referred to that, you know, tourism and hospitality were, you know, the first to fall, you know, the hardest mm-hmm. hit mm-hmm. and the last to recover. And and I mean, the reality is it, it had a huge, you know, impact on our teams. At one stage, there was only one in 10 hotels open. They were supporting mm-hmm. essential services. Yeah. Um, so so tourism in terms of the 270,000 people that it represents was absolutely decimated. And in some cases, you know, particularly in coastal communities, like tourism is the only show in town and you know there's so much retail associated with it etc um so it had a huge impact and last year to be fair in terms of the summer you know inter-county travel was only permitted from the 20th of july we had some regional lockdowns then in in august so it was a really temporary thing and interestingly only 29 percent of irish people actually took a holiday in 2020 so whilst there was great intent there you Mm. know between lockdowns between that general sense of hesitancy that was there um you know there was a, a lot of reasons why you know hotels didn't open sustainably and you know it was that kind of perpetual kind of open close and the costs that go with it and the lack of confidence that goes with it so mm. that that was very tough now to be fair um i remember making a series of phone calls before st patrick's day when it became really evident that really hotels were, were going to have to close. So most hotels were actually closed before um, the actual lockdown announcement came. Uh, right. In our own case, in terms of our own hotel, we were closed about two weeks before that. Um, we had weddings in our books and, you know, we made promises to couples and said, look, we'll open up for your weddings. At that stage, it was a maximum of, of 100 per room, if you remember. It was kind of a very mm, funny yeah. stage. But actually, the weddings all kind of naturally fell away. People just weren't comfortable with it mm-hmm. um, and, and that. So ar- around that weekend, I remember I, I was attending a media event. I was on a radio panel in, in RTE and driving home in a very quiet M50. And I rang my brother, David, and I said, oh, my God, you know what? I said, I, I think, you know, we'd be better off if government actually closed us now. Because it was like you were open, you were operating, but nobody was comfortable. Guests weren't comfortable. We weren't comfortable mm-hmm. um, as a team. Um, and that so we we made the decision like so many other hotels to close. Now there had been a tsunami of cancellations before that, um, and that. But right away, you know, I I remember calling kind of members of government saying, look, I don't think you know maybe you realise the scale and maybe that's unfair. But there's a sense of I just want to give you a sense of what's coming down the line. There are going to be hundreds of thousands of people who are going to be laid off temporarily this week. And we need to make sure that people are looked after in terms of, you know, benefits and and support. Not ever even thinking that it would go on for as long as. And they came up with their system really, really quickly. And I remember that Monday because it was a sense of people can't be queuing down blocks waiting to sign on for support systems, you know, for there to be problems with applications. They had commitments. And, And that was actually the biggest worry that we had. How would our teams be able to fulfill their commitments and to be fair to government it, the system wasn't perfect but it did fill that void and you know government built from that so that morphed into the wage subsidy scheme I think when the UK came out with a stronger wage subsidy than ours that was a game changer that morphed into EWSS you know we saw things like fast being reduced you know we've seen 
Um, I suppose things like the CRSS, you know, reopening grants. Um, you know, we I suppose we we saw a lot. I suppose another thing that was a huge, um, I suppose, help was the six months moratorium um, that came that was made available to everybody across the country, including businesses. We would have liked to have seen that in place for longer. But I do feel that government have gone the distance with us. There's a lot of, of supports in place. Of course, it doesn't fill the cash burn that that we've had. Like, I mean, some months we would have had eight thousand euros of a cash burn in our own hotel yeah. cost of reopening hotels and in, in this case it's just shy of a thousand euros per bedroom that's just the average cost for some it'll be more than that mm-hmm. um but in the most recent announcement in terms of the national economic plan government did set out a commitment around the ewss um and other measures vat until september 2022 now that's a bit of a funny one because you've a year that's split into two vat rates and and that's really not favorable um but i do think that there has been a commitment there and we are grateful to government for that engagement. So it's fair to say there are plans there in terms of trying to support businesses, you know, to make their way to recovery. Equally, we see, you know, a doubling of, we say, overseas marketing budgets. We've seen aviation being supported in part mm-hmm. on the scale of aviation and its decimation mm-hmm. is just unparalleled. Um, and equally, at the same time, there have been plans like, you know, SME Grow Task Force. And, you know, there are plans that are working towards kind of key business things. So financial numeracy, you know, digitalization and sustainability. Now, we have a long way to go. I think the focus right now has been kind of getting through where we are and trying to envisage where our future is going. Um, but we have a lot to do um, and, and that. But I, I do feel that we have a government that are interested in supporting businesses, supporting livelihoods um, and equally in terms of building for the future and equipping us you know, to be that little bit better. Um, but there hasn't been as much focus, obviously, in the more longer term view because everything has become you know, more short term. But but there's a few initiatives going on now that certainly lead into that kind of medium towards longer term view of what business and what tourism should look like. And you know what? The great thing is social media probably has had a great uh, hand in that, um, you know, because trying to stay visible and letting people know that you are still around. Um, As a hotelier yourself, you know, what kind of advice would you give other hotel owners in promoting themselves, Alina? Uh, Now that customers can start to return um, do you feel that social media had a, a major uh, impact for yourselves? Major, 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 major. In fact, in so many ways, it was our only way of communicating with our guests, particularly during closure periods. And I suppose mm-hmm. there's kind of a few elements to it. So initially it was around safety messaging, kind of giving people a sense of what we were doing, you know, in terms of adopting the guidelines. You know, when we were closed, you know, it was a sense of how we were supporting essential services. I mean, there was hotels providing meals, you know, putting together all the sanitizer that we had and making them available to the hospitals. Mm-hmm. Then there was the warriors in, in hotels, I'm here in the Kingsley Hotel in Cork. They would have been uh, remained open uh, for essential services, you know, supporting hospitals and and lots Mm -hmm. of other services. A real sense of connecting with your community. Now that we've always been very well supported in the context of a a dare, you know, within your 2km and, uh, you know, 5k and within your county. 
um, and, you know, fantastic engagement um, and that. So, as I said, there was various stages of it, you know, a sense of when you were closed, what you were doing, what you were working on, the new experiences that were being crafted. And it also gave a sense of the people that were still involved and, you know, working on our teams and and, and their lives continuing. Um, Also in terms of, you know, the training journeys that our teams were embarking on as well. Um, So I, I think you had that all those stages of kind of communicating your core messaging. Um, you know, right now, I think a lot of, of our focus is on, I suppose, the new experiences that we've created, fantastic engagement, encouraging mm-hmm. people, you know, to Instagram us. Um, influencers have been fantastic in terms of supporting the journey. That's a key part of, I suppose, any social media campaign is using influencers that fit your your, your product. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the, the, the key message that I would be saying is, you know, you have to have a very goal-driven social media project. You need to, or program, you need to measure it. You know, sometimes things won't work. Sometimes things will work with more momentum than much thought. And pick your niches, like who are the really important people to you? What products are important to them? Um, and equally that sense of, like when I look at our, our leisure, for example, you know, Facebook, Instagram, there was a time in Snapchat, you know, TikTok is is, is all uh, the role now. But then oh, when yeah. I look at things like our, our weddings business, I mean, Pinterest works really well for it. We recently created our own podcast, The Top Table in our hotel, you know, from a business messaging perspective, mm-hmm. you know, LinkedIn or Twitter sometimes works a little bit better. So it's it's about, I suppose, pivoting the product and the messaging towards the most suitable platform because, you know, there's no point putting the one message up everywhere. And I think really video content and that sense of honest, like here's our team, here's what we're doing, you know, not formal, just very real. I think that has worked very, very well. And you'll see lots of hotels across the country as they told their story in terms of what was going on and what they were mm-hmm. doing. And you see the personalities. I, I think it really humanized, you know, the hotels and, and guest houses and brought the story of, of what they did and, and, and what they represent to light. Yeah, because people yeah. actually, when they're going on, like you're going away now, Philip, in August, and you'll be looking probably to see who, who, oh, oh, there's the front of house uh, head of reception. Uh, mm. uh, I wonder if I'll meet her, you know. Um, oh, that's the head chef. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. I think people really like to see because then they kind of feel like they they have a, a, a better understanding of where they're going and, and who's going to be there. Well, what you said there, Elaine, I think is is so critical about how Mm. social media is so powerful for a lot of businesses and especially the hotel industry is the humanization of the brand because I think Mm -hmm. you know I I think when you go to a a hotel especially if you're going for a say a holiday or a weekend away or whatever it might be where it's not to do with work there is that element of the experience of the stay the ambience of the surroundings the staff the meet and greet etc etc and I think you know, the use of video and social introducing the team behind the scenes and we can't wait to welcome you and we're we're kind of getting the dining hall ready to welcome people back. It creates that air of, a, of excitement, etc. I suppose, like Elena, as someone who obviously is in the hotel business and also the, the president of the Federation, do you think that hotels now, because of lockdown, have almost maybe changed maybe their approach or their attitude to social media as purely being just something that was more safe for news or for sales and they see it now more as a real way to engage with guests and future guests etc 
I don't think that has really fundamentally changed. Um, like it, for us in our own hotel, I mean, it, it's always been a critical part of what we do. And it's that sense of giving people an insight into to what it is. I wouldn't say what we do is very salesy from a social media mm. perspective in our own hotel. And I would probably agree. I think it's more about telling the story. So mm. But that to me was in place before uh, probably we went, we went into, you know, this whole COVID journey or nightmare yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and that. So for me, I don't think it's a fundamental change, but I do think that the human aspect of it, you know, what I noticed is in, in our own community in Adair, like people really wanted, we were coming up with new concepts. So it was outdoor, like at Halloween, we did outdoor bales um, and, you know, we'd goodie bags for each of the kids that did it to the point that we handed out a thousand goodie bags, you know, over two days that we were nearly overwhelmed in wow. terms of, but we 40 mm-hmm. acres, so we plenty of space, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and they were coming and, and going. But I think there was a, there was a kind of, our community really wanted to support us. And I do think that there's that, the people of Ireland, you know, they deserve a great breakaway, right? Um, and that, but they really, they really want to make a difference. When they go, they want to see the personalities. They want to know that they're supporting the local jobs and the local infrastructure. You know, it's it's win-win for everybody. Yeah. Um, so I think we had moved to a point where we were telling the story quite well. Um, and I just think we're, we're building on it. And maybe we got a little bit better in terms of our techniques and, and that as well. But one thing as well, I think that in our own hotel, we're probably a little bit more aware of, and I think it's true of hotel years across the country is, you know, reaching out to travel journalists, travel shows, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a great willingness there. And we've seen some fantastic people, you know, Polo Canila, Tom Brannock, um, you know, there's so many more, I, I could list out so many, and I don't want to offend anybody either. Um, but they have been amazing in terms of really showcasing, you know, the amazing experiences that are in Ireland and, and driving on, I suppose, our own community that sometimes needed, you know, that sense of what they do is of value um that's so yeah totally agree yeah i mean i I think you know people are as i say people buy from people they get to know like and trust and i think that's where social media um is vital um for Mm. the hotel industry because uh you know as you say it was a challenge when a lot of the hotels were closed and they really were kind of thinking how do we speak to our audience how do we keep them engaged how do they you know want to build up that rapport with them um is there a way that you feel has been a really good strategy for you know the IHF to use social media to communicate with its members um Alina in a sense of trying to keep them you know the build up momentum keeping them motivated all that kind of thing and what would have been likely the best channels that would work the best for you guys you know sure so in the main i suppose in terms of of the ihf you know when we're communicating in the main it's more kind of like you know government the business community that sort of thing mm-hmm. um and then i suppose to our islandhotels.com brand and the go anywhere gift card that's more kind of of a leisure piece there so what i might do is i might just focus on the business aspect of it so sure. we, we would have had a lot of conversations going on with you know politicians of all parties um you know across the country um and when when we were coming out and advocating you know for example like wage subsidy schemes or could have been reopening mm-hmm. grants or you know it was around the importance of the vat um, we used, um, you know, Twitter in the main in terms of retweeting to kind of, I suppose, amplify our, our message. Um, mm-hmm. So 
it worked very, very well as a tool in conjunction with the others. And, and again, we would have done a little bit on LinkedIn, but in the main, in terms of, of, of Twitter. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. if you if you look um, you know, at events that we were hosting, et cetera, LinkedIn worked very, very well for that. Um, it also worked quite well in terms of the corporate aspect of our Go Anywhere gift card, but the leisure aspect of our Go Anywhere gift card would have been better served in terms of, you know, on Instagram, on, on Facebook, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm probably going round in circles, but what I will say is Twitter was a hugely important part of our overall awareness campaign. I don't like calling it lobbying. I like to call it education and awareness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was a critical part because, you know, when you see the same message across multiple platforms that are of relevance to you and that they tie in and support the message, then it works. And, and I would safely say it worked very, very well for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with you with Twitter and LinkedIn for the B2B aspect in a sense of members and, you know, uh, on the really focused on strategies for the business um, and then trying to say messaging out and getting the leisure side of things regarding maybe businesses that are more comfortable with Facebook and Instagram, because as you were saying earlier, not everything will work on the same platform. You know, you can't put the same message across each platform. And I think sometimes that can be a strategy that people fall down on. Would you say, Philip? Yeah, because you're potentially you're going to have different audiences um, Mm -hmm. on the different channels and how you talk to them on those channels Mm -hmm. is going to be very different. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, I think some of the, uh, like I was on LinkedIn there a couple of weeks ago, um, I can't remember the name of the gentleman, uh, a hotelier that uh, him and his wife uh, did like a double act. He was kind of dancing oh, down right. the stairs for uh, the opening of the hotel uh, to, I think it was like Sister Sledge or something. And it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious, you know. And I, I, Sean, Sean and Elaine in the Woodstock uh, in Ennis. Uh, and yeah. they're, uh, bri- they're brilliant. And it's so entertaining. And it's so like, yeah. no, they've been doing that all along. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of their natural personalities. And I suppose, you know, there's a quirkiness to it, but that's yeah. what you get when you visit their hotel, a sense of fun. And that's a great example of it. It's a lovely yeah. place to visit. Mm. Yeah, and it just, it really hit home, I suppose, especially as someone that kind of, if you have stayed there before and you, you've met them, you're kind mm-hmm. of going, I can't wait to get back and meet them. Because yeah. There's, there's, and, and it was great to see them embrace video because, you know, for, you know, video is, is, um, can be a challenging piece of content to shoot, but it was great. Like, you know, you really got a sense of what they were about and that this is going to be a fun stay when I go there. Mm-hmm. Um, like Elena, you have mentioned it in our conversation. It's great to see obviously hotels getting to welcome back guests, but I suppose both in your own case and obviously I suppose from the wider view as the president of the um, Hotel Federation, like what challenges do you see the industry is facing with obviously reopening? There's obviously there's costs, etc. Is there other kind of things that you're starting to see that that may need your help from a, as an organization point of view? Yeah, I suppose for me, there's three primary kind of overall challenges coming down the line. Um, the first, and, and these are, we're working on these, okay? So mm. the first is around, I suppose, what we call talent development. 
Um, and it's a sense of recruitment and, you know, I suppose, helping the amazing people we have in our industry to develop in terms of career paths. And, you know, that sense of bringing world class mm-hmm. kind of practice to it. And um, because there are a lot of challenges now, you know, there has always been, you know, challenges with chefs. You know, there can be challenges around management levels. A lot of people tend to go overseas um, and that as well and, and stay overseas as the case may be. Mm-hmm. So they would be two critical areas um, in terms of, I suppose, specific job, you know, roles that we've always had difficulty. So it's the recruitment. It's about building the skills base. It's about having, you know, fantastic career opportunities because there are some amazing career journeys in in our hotels and guest houses. And it's about telling the story a little bit better. Um, and, And it's something that we need to, you know, look at, I suppose, from a school's curricula perspective, right up to, you know, people that are, I suppose, nearing retirement age and, mm. and, you know, there's a particular requirement there, you know, it might be that they're coming out for a social sense, you know, it might still be a part and part of supporting their own lifestyle. Um, so we have to make sure that we map that out and plan for it. So that's that's the first thing that I'd, I'd say. Um, the second thing would be around, you know, I suppose, you know, marketing Ireland, both domestically to Irish people. So let, let me, I suppose, explain no, tourism in Ireland is a nine billion industry, right? Seven billion of that would come from overseas in normal times. So you can imagine the effect that we've had by cutting out seven of the nine billion. And then when you take the remaining two billion and when you think of, you know, the restrictions we've had in place, including closures and, and that. So it gives you kind of a sense of the decimation. But what has astounded me is that amazing, I suppose, and frightening figure that Irish people spend five billion overseas in normal times. So they spend two billion at home and five overseas. So really, the way I look at it is we have a job of work to do to create those really fantastic and compelling experiences. I think Mm -hmm. Irish people had a great opportunity to enjoy Ireland last year, now, albeit with restrictions. But for some people, it was discovering new places, new experiences, you know, new adventures. For others, it was reconnecting with places from their youth. And in the main, I think we had a really, really good summer. Now, weather always helps as well, too. (laughs) So this year, I see it as an opportunity to build on on that. So that's something we have to do. Um, And we have to be really serious about it. And it was great to hear of the recent announcements around, you know, Fall to Ireland, putting hero projects in place in terms of Donegal, Mayo, uh, Dublin and Cavan, um, I think it was. And, you know, they're the kind of commitments that that we need. So that's, I suppose, on, on the domestic aspect of things. Of course, international is hugely important, you know, again, because of the lack of, of, of travel or, you know, the severe restrictions around it. Um, but the, the amazing thing is this fantastic pent up demand in terms of visiting Ireland, it's seen as being very safe. Um, it's perceived that we did very well in terms of managing the pandemic particularly in the USA. I mean, I have cousins in the USA and, you know, they're traveling to Hawaii and they're going to Florida and Puerto Rico. And, Mm. you know, I remember getting a text from one of my cousins on St. Patrick's Day and saying, you know, we can't wait to welcome you guys. And I showed it to my mom and I said, how do I explain we can't go past 5K here? And, you know, all I said back (laughs) was, yeah, we can't (laughs) wait to visit. And I I genuinely mean that. Um, But Tourism Ireland, you know, and and Fall to Ireland have a huge role to play. There's, There's fantastic expertise there. Right now, a lot of the focus is obviously on Fall to Ireland because it's very domestic based. Tourism Ireland have been doing really, really well in terms of keeping Ireland top of mind. And I mean, the, the visibility that they got across their social media in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, greening Ireland around Paddy's Day, it was just extraordinary. I mean, the yeah. hundreds of millions or whatever. So the, the, the interest is there, the pent up demand is there, um, but we really have to be, you know, 
I suppose, very much tuned in in terms of when we get the green light that we go out with, you know, a really strong message and that I suppose then it's incumbent on us all to really deliver a fantastic experiences as well. And the other thing that I'd say is VAT is is critically important. You know, there was there was a a concern that VAT would be going up from its current rate of of 9%. If it went back up to where it was before, there'd actually only be one country in Europe, Denmark, that would have a higher VAT rate than us. Now, the cost of input in terms of labour and energy and all sorts of things are Mm. so much more expensive in Ireland. So Ireland is expensive. um, And anything, you know, whether it's VAT or, you know, any further energy levies, et cetera, anything that undermines, you know, our ability to be competitive and shoots pricing up, you know, that's going to be a challenge for us. And and government have a huge role to play in that as well. And I suppose my third point then is, you know, Ireland, the green, a sustainable journey. Yes, we do bits of it, but we could do it so much better and it could be much more coordinated and much more incentivized. It's a natural fit for us. There are some fantastic you know, schemes and that. But I, I just wonder, do we have the holistic approach that we need? Um, but I think that's something that's been worked on and, and developed. And we're looking forward, I suppose, to having an opportunity to give our feedback. That And that then leads into, I suppose, broader innovation. You know, what can we do really, really well? And that whole sense of delivering world-class hospitality um, and that. So they're, they're kind of the three main things, I suppose. It's, it's talent development. It's mm. about how we market, you know, Ireland domestically and internationally um, and how we build our sustainability promise and the same with our innovation, how we, how we create a culture that continuously fosters that. So would you say that you feel that social media has really helped and really boosted things uh, across all those challenges? Like, you know, you like say using specific hashtags, the kind of content you're putting out. Would you say that it's been a slow, you know, build up and, you know, try and draw people in using those kind of features with social media? Yeah, look, it's been a huge, huge part of of journey of individual hotels and guest houses, you know, even in terms of the Irish Hotels Federation, Falch Ireland, etc. I think Tourism Ireland and, you know, the global greening that they undertook at um, around St. Patrick's Day and they had very specific use of hashtags. They had a whole mm-hmm. program that had to run across so many different time zones or whatever. Um, but the visibility that they got on media and, you know, some of it mm. was, you know, radio and TV and, and, and some of it was, you know, in terms of print and other traditional kind of means. But where the real win was, was where you saw it being played out in social media, global greening kind of, key messages, you know, key hashtags. I mean, the visibility that Ireland had, it wasn't just the greening of the buildings overseas, but everyone using that, it was just extraordinary. Mm. Um, and I, I really, I, I think, I hats off to, to Tourism Ireland. I thought it was just incredible um, to see. I'm, I'm here looking to see the exact figures and I'm, I'm failing to find them. But like you're talking about hundreds of million and and it wouldn't mm. surprise me if it even hit a billion I just don't have the figure in front of me but I remember kind of looking at it and going staggeringly saying oh my god this is how yeah. Ireland Inc is a brand St. Patrick's Day our national day our mm-hmm. window to the world you know played out and it was just it was just extraordinary but the 
the power of it was, you know, having very clear hashtags, having a very, very clear kind of media toolkit, you know, galvanizing support for it. So, for example, Tourism Ireland would have met with the Irish Hotels Federation and they would have ran a webinar for our members and kind of explaining, look, these are some of the things you could do. You could opt in or out. It was everything from sending, you know, postcards to handwriting postcards and sending them to agents across the world that you might mm-hmm. have a relationship with to using on your social media. Um, and it was just unbelievable. Even in my own village, like driving down to see the effort that people went to that normally, you know, wouldn't have kind of, I suppose, the opportunity to green their biddings. Like they, they put a tremendous effort in because the pride was there. People mm-hmm. wanted to showcase Ireland to the world. I, you know what I mean? And there's so many people living across the world that are have an Irish mm-hmm. relationship. You know, you know whether their their granny came from Galway or well, there's Irish you know. everywhere. We're worldwide at, at this stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I think what's I think what's really powerful as well, hearing you speak there, Elena, is I think it really shows the incredible mm. power of collaboration between, say, the federation, individual hotels, the government, the tourist boards, both national and international. That when everybody comes together in sync that incredible things can happen. And I think there's a huge amount that can be learned from that for every industry, you know, that Mm. rather than people kind of suddenly kind of, we're all competitors and this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell anybody else about it. Come together for the greater good. And I think. Yeah, you're dead right, Philip. And I mean, that's what we've seen in earnest is people coming together as a destination. Mm. You know, some places like Westport or Kinsale have done that really, really well over the years. And Dublin is a fantastic example of people coming together. There's some Mm. great work going on in our local city of, of Limerick. And that sense of, right, how do we partner up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it could be that you're staying in one hotel, but you're dining in another hotel's restaurant. Now, obviously, we can't do that right now because we're residents only unless you're yes. outdoor. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like there's some kind of visitor pass that goes um, hand in hand with some of the experiences in Dublin. So you have an opportunity to explore some of the fantastic places um, or that, you know, and it's interesting, I suppose, what I what I've observed last summer and this summer, we were very much we're very much a resort style property in our own hotel in Adair. Um, and what I expected was to to see kind of a lot of families initially when we reopened in June 29th. That wasn't the case. So many couples. Um, right. We mm. just spent a night uh, over in the beautiful Gary Vaux Hotel in, in Cork uh, by the sea. And again, I, I couldn't get over it. Now, okay, we're not out of school time, you know, quite yet, mm. almost there. Yeah. Um, and that, but it was, again, it was a lot of, of, of couples and that, et cetera. And I suppose the other thing that I'd say is like, there's incredible value now. When you look at, I suppose, the tourist attractions coming together. You look at, you know, hotels and other accommodation providers coming together. There really are some great escapes unfolding and particularly in, in places like Dublin or the other cities. Um, it's a fantastic opportunity to enjoy them maybe when they're not so busy um, yeah. and there's great value there, particularly in the cities. Absolutely. Yeah, I have to say, um, I think maybe having to stay home and looking outside your front door and uh, going to see what else is out there. People maybe didn't have that opportunity before because they just decided I'm heading off to Dublin airport. I'm going to head off and I'm going to go off to the sun or whatever. Uh, Pulling it back and saying, look, you know, it's great to be able to be here in some ways and take the positive out of COVID. And I have to say, you developed an amazing spoke training program with the Federation for the unique needs of the hotel and guest house sector. Could you let us... uh, Give us a little bit more info on that, Lena, because sure. it sounds like an it's it's great for the hotel industry, especially now. Yeah. It's like 
Well, we were delighted this year to launch our Skillnet, not quite formally launched yet, um, but, you know, it, it, it's been up and running now for the last few months. So initially, I suppose it focused very much on what courses could we make available to the mm-hmm. teams in our hotel and guest house members across the country. Yeah. And particularly in terms of preparing to reopen. So, you know, there was things like um, COVID-19, you know, champions training for them. Um, It was having training available for, you know, I suppose everybody operationally in terms of of COVID-19. It was about if, you know, if somebody comes to do inspection, what happens? But the beauty or where the real win was, was where craft training took place in individual hotels. So there was training in terms of it could have been customer service. It could have been, you know, food service or bar service skills. It could be barista training. You know, there was so many different things. But wow. we were we were able to put an infrastructure in place, again, through the support of government and the skills net at Simon Harris's department and actually go in and physically arrange for training to be delivered to teams, you know, that was relevant to them in their mm-hmm. own setting. Um, and it was hugely important. So initially it had that, I suppose, preparing for reopening sort of feel, you know, trying to equip kind of managers and, and craft teams and that. But the beauty about it as well is, you know, that, that our members can approach us and say, look, I need training in this very, very specific area. You mm-hmm. know, can you create that training for me? Um, and that now as we prepare for kind of, I suppose, September onwards when the traditional summer season, um, you know, winds down. Mm-hmm. And we're very much looking at things like actually digital skills. Um, so we we would have very successfully ran a diploma in um, digital marketing. Oh, for so many years, I'd say it could be 15 years now. Mm-hmm. But now we're thinking about, you know, your, your team that aren't necessarily in, you know, the sales and marketing department, but they love photography or they love videography. They're working on, on as we call it, on the ground or on the floor, you know, mm-hmm. so it could be today's ice cream Sunday of the day and how to capture best food photography, you know, basic video. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, so yeah, yeah. That, that, that's one of the things, for example, you know, it's other things like, you know, HR managers, HR training for line managers, you know, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, building our capability, you know, um, as I suppose, as a tourism people and the timing couldn't have been better. It is mm-hmm. supported by government. Um, our own members have to pay a contribution towards it. Um, and so there's a value, you know, placed in it, but it's been really, really timely. And it's a very important part of where we want to go. I, I'm a great believer in, you know, continuous uh, professional development. We don't really have formalized structures in, in tourism, like what you might see in accounting or, you know, legal, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. But the goal is to get to that and to make a part of everyone's story as much as we can. Um, and this is another step a- a- along the way. So yeah, absolutely delighted with it. And the feedback has been phenomenal. Um, and, you know, I'm looking forward to kind of, I suppose, we, we, I, I feel like we've nearly put the initial phase behind us in terms of reopening and, and moving towards, you know, the next set of goals and, and as I said, building for better experiences. Yeah, it's um, like, I think we're, we're kind of slowly but surely, would you believe, coming to a, to a close. We do have time for two more questions, but this has been such a positive, enlightening oh, yeah. conversation, Elaine, and it's been great to mm-hmm. get your perspective, both as someone who is a hotelier themselves, but also at the, the high end from uh, as president to kind of see, like, continue on the positivity. You know, where do you see the future of the Irish hotel industry? Are we constantly going to see an ascendancy back to where we were or even better? And obviously, I suppose that importance of social media, that it's going to be very much continually ingrained um, within the communication strategy for hotels. 
So I suppose um, ASIC, the Irish Tourism Industry Confederation, um, they estimate that it'll be 2024 before we actually see kind of full recovery um, mm. in terms of, of Irish um, tourism in, in the main. Um, now, look, what we've shown time and time again, but particularly during this pandemic, is just how resilient and how creative our community are mm. um, and how the good they've been to support each other. So where I see the future is, you know, a greater commitment to training, you know, a greater focus on niche marketing and social will be a hugely important part of that. Um, a greater interest in it. I think people who may not have been so active in the social media space probably see the value that it has added to other businesses. Um, you know, I look at our own hotel or, you know, go back to, you know, Sean and Lane in the Woodstock and the value yeah. that it's created um, mm-hmm. and, and it's going to be a critical part of it. So look, we're taking our baby steps uh, back into reopening. Um, you know, it's been fantastic to have such great progress in the vaccination levels because at the end of the day, that makes the real difference. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do know is we have fantastic product in Ireland. It's better because of COVID for all the wrong reasons. And when I say it's better is I think if we were to strip out, you know, the restrictions to a degree, I think you'd find that we do have some great products and products that have improved because we've had that pause and that time to make them better in terms of training mm-hmm. and creating new experiences, et cetera. Um, we are, I suppose, in terms of Ireland, what it stands for, our people, our welcome, the standard of hospitality, you know, the sustainability, a promise that we have the ability to deliver. We have the, I suppose, ability to pivot ourselves, you know, domestically and internationally much better than ever before. But what's vital is that connectivity to Ireland is restored. Um, you know, aviation needs to be supported. It's 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 hugely important for us. Um, so there's only so much that we can do if as an island nation, if that aviation or connectivity piece isn't restored, you know, as quickly as possible and as sustainably as possible, I think we're going to be very, very challenged. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I have to say it's, 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 it is, as you say, it's uh, early days. We're all still kind of trying to find our feet going forward uh, with reopening and everything else. And probably this is why social media has come into play. I think a lot more for businesses and for people that maybe haven't used it really properly before. Um, This has been great, Alina. Are there any more exciting plans afoot? Um, And if so, are you allowed to tell us? And if people want to find out more, where can they find you? Sure. So we are www.ihf.ie, the Irish Hotels Federation. Um, and that it's amazing. We get so many queries, not just from our members, but obviously the general public as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so our plans right now, look, they're to support our members into reopening. Um, they're to build for the future. As I said, a huge part of that will be continuing to work with, you know, government, the agencies, our wider tourism network, and indeed our own members in our communities. Um, you know, the, the big areas, as I said, are around people in terms of developing mm-hmm. people, uh, recruiting people, um, and as I said, building their skills and building the experiences um, on that, continuing to market Ireland and showcase it at its best. And the third point then is to make sure that we're doing what we're doing in a sustainable way and that we really foster, you know, the great innovation that we've seen that was probably born out of COVID to a degree. Now, we've always had it, but I think COVID was really that sense of resetting your lens, 
figuring out what you can be really, really good at, concentrating on that. Um, you know, and and part of that was very much around the social piece. You know, as I said, for us in our own hotel, it was putting a podcast in place. I'm not saying it's perfect by any means or measure. Um, <laughs> for that, don't listen. I'm only joking. But you know what? It, it it's there. It was funny actually because one of my colleagues who's who's really, really uh, good at social media, they said to us, you know, it's like in, in the top few wedding podcasts in Ireland. And I kind of went, Oh my God, you know, I said, is 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 that a reflection of not a lot of competition? in that space or what's the story um but look i suppose we're trying to use social media across as many platforms as we can but the key is mm. that your message is relevant to that audience um and that mm-hmm. you back it up with what you deliver um and that and you know social media is something that you could be thrown money and you could be thrown resources at you as creative as it is you know it must be underpinned by having a plan in place goal-driven, clearly measured, reset as required um, because you could be doing some fantastic and amazing things. And, you know, it's not all about having, uh, you know, I suppose the statistics, you know, to, to back up every single post, but overall it needs to be, you know, tying into a strong agenda there as well. Um, but again, mm-hmm. allowing, I suppose, uh, you know, that that creative opportunity and the spontaneity that often goes with social media as well. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Philip, I think uh, you've got a a partner in crime there now with the strategy. Yeah, I love a good plan. I think uh, when you lay out out the plan and you know where you're going, who you're talking to, what you want to achieve, it makes everything that little bit easier. What gets measured gets done. That's it indeed. There you go. It has been a pleasure having you on the show today. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Um, It's been great to, I suppose, to get um, a real perspective on where our hotel industry is and where it's going yeah. and using social. Mm-hmm. I suppose we are delighted to see our hotel and tourism industry starting to open back Definitely. up. Uh, it's great. Mm-hmm. So all I have to say now is if you enjoyed today's show, you can catch it again on the other shows on the Let's Get Social Show podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course, on the Dublin South FM website. So do please download and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And all that is left to say is I've been Philip Twyford, the Curly Marketer. And thanks again, Alina, for coming and joining us. And we hope you come back and see us soon and give us some more in-depth information and insights into how things are progressing with the industry and social media um and uh i i feel i need a holiday now philip but anyway um i've been <laughs> i'll carry your suitcases um i've been uh Eber duffy of fit social media and we'll see you again soon for some more let's get social see you then bye